This podcast is brought to you by Deloitte. The automotive industry is evolving and fast. Diversity, equity, and inclusion at the workplace has never been more important. At Deloitte, we understand the challenges you face because we spent more than 100 years working in the auto industry. To learn more about how we can help your business, visit Deloitte.com and subscribe. Beth Vanderskaff, the managing editor of Automotive News. Every five years since 2000, Automotive News has compiled the list of 100 leading women in the North American auto industry, recognizing top female executives at automakers, suppliers, and dealerships. I've been fortunate to lead the project since its inception. On August 13 of this year, nine leaders from the 2020 list joined Automotive News via Zoom to discuss the most pressing issues facing them today and beyond. We'll explore key themes from those conversations in this podcast series. The COVID-19 pandemic has completely disrupted the automotive industry worldwide, and the road ahead is still unclear. Lisa Drake, Ford's North America COO, couldn't have imagined the virus' extensive impact on the industry. She recalls a conversation at the start of this year with then-CEO Jim Hackett. I'll never forget Jim Hackett in the 12th floor world headquarters in January, asking me if I could ever envision a scenario when the virus, you know, would spread enough that it could shut down. Our big concern was Mexico supply into the US and, you know, would all of our plants ever be all shut down, right? And I remember Hal Tai Tang and myself and, yeah, oh no, no, I mean, every single plant in the world shut down, (laughs) we just couldn't, fathom it. In addition to plants being idled and dealerships temporarily closing, employees across the industry have been forced to indefinitely work from home, making work-life balance a struggle. Employers, meanwhile, had to adapt to new conditions too. Kim Day, COO of Canada's Steel Auto Group, says COVID-19 required the retailer to get creative with its employees' work schedule. Well, you know, it's really made us think outside the box. Um, A lot of the things, especially on the retail side of the business, has been very slow to change and very much old fashioned. And what we found ourselves having to do with a reduced workforce, of course, is, you know, shortening our hours uh, and in some many cases uh, creating hybrid dual roles uh, so that people could cover other people. Day says work-life balance has improved. And I don't believe that we can go backwards on that. I think that this is the new norm and uh, we're going to continue with the flexible shifts um, with the reduced hours and uh, accommodate and just being more adaptable and being more flexible for people. Kimberly Gardner, Mitsubishi Motors North America Chief Marketing Officer, says it can sometimes be difficult to switch off from work when at home. Some of us start at 7 a.m. We don't finish when we're on calls with Japan until 7 p.m. or later. Um, There's just no time to take breaks. So I felt like when I was in the office, a lot of us, and I've heard my team say this too, at least they could take a few minutes break, even if it's walking to a conference room or seeing someone, that kind of thing. Now it's just you're at your computer and you're on all the time. Gardner has encouraged her employees to take breaks during the day. Standing up 
you know, uh, getting a little bit of fresh air, doing walking meetings, which I've started with my team now, just so we physically, it's like, okay, take a walk around the block, walk your dog, whatever you got to do so that we can actually get out and see the world a little bit and just take a breather. I didn't think we have work-life balance necessarily figured out before this. So um, I, I like to be an optimist, but I hope we can figure out some, some creative ways to get through this because I think it's going to mean something very different coming out of it. Like Gardner, Nissan U.S. Chief Marketing Officer Allison Witherspoon has longer days because of meetings with colleagues overseas. We were easily on Zoom meetings 18 hours a day, and then the amount of overnight Zoom calls actually started to increase with Japan. And I think what we looked at initially with our team is, I think because you have childcare that's on top, you have all of these other personal pressures that are starting to be a part of what your normal workday is. Witherspoon says her team has designated two hours during the workday for no meetings so employees can catch up on other tasks. It started to get to the point where even answering emails started to become something that you couldn't do until 9 p.m. at night because you were on Zoom meetings so much. And so it was two hours, handle things that you need to at home, write presentations if that's what you needed to do, answer emails, take care of yourself, go for a walk, go work out. At Dealer Socket, CEO Sejal Pietrzak says the dealership technology company is also trying to avoid scheduling meetings during certain times. One of the things that I instituted back at the end of May um, was no meeting Wednesdays. So no internal meetings all day Wednesday. And that I said, let's do it as a trial. We'll try it for a few weeks. And, and that trial of saying we'll do it for a few weeks has actually been so successful that we've continued it. Um, and I think even post-COVID, it'll be something that we'll do as a company ongoing. While No Meeting Wednesdays has been popular, Pietra Zek says feelings are mixed about full-time remote work. We hear um, half the people are saying they love not having the commute. They love you know, being able to work from home and, and, uh, and be able to manage things. And the other half saying they don't have the work-life balance. Back at Nissan, Witherspoon believes flexibility will continue to be important to workers even after the pandemic is over. But also, I think moving forward, when we look at the future of workforce, flexibility is going to be so important. And I think there can't be a one-size-fits-all because everyone's going to have these different pressures, professional or personal, that are going to be impacting them. And so I think what we've been trying to do is be as flexible as you can. We're trying to work with our headquarters to you know, let them know that right now this is unsustainable and to make sure that work from home doesn't mean work 24 hours a day on Zoom calls. Grace Wong, president of Cox Automotive's wholesale auction unit Mannheim, is trying to make sure her employees get a break from work by practically forcing them to take paid time off. We don't care if you're just sitting at home and and there's starting from the top, if you take PTO, it means no phone calls, you know, no emails, you know, it is not an opportunity for you to squeeze things in that you didn't get to from a work perspective. So we're trying to really hold people accountable to taking their PTO and all living by the no Wednesday. But yeah, we had to call a, a timeout because it was, it was all consuming. Maintaining a balance between work and home can also get more challenging with career advancement as more responsibilities are taken on. Wong recommends having conversations with family members to set expectations. 
you have to have a conscious decision with your spouse around how you are going to share the home responsibilities, how you're going to work your way through. I have friends who, you know, have a night nanny and a day nanny, you know, but you have to kind of have that conversation and not just let it happen by accident, if, you know, or happen by default. Um, so I always encourage people have that conversation um, and, and they, my kids understand, right? But when I am at home, um, I put my phone down, I make sure I give them dedicated time, you know, I'm making sure I'm very present. When I am home, I try to keep my phone out, you know, my hands on Saturdays to make sure that they know that even though mommy's busy, mommy always has time. Pietra Zek agrees. You have to make a choice or a decision with your spouse. We made a family choice, um, you know, with our family, knowing that that would mean I'd be traveling quite, uh, even you know, five day, four or five days a week for quite some time and, and doing the things that, you know, needed to be done, um, you know, as you're running a company. And, and, and uh, we made that choice as a family. And then we said, okay, so now what are the things that are going to change now? I, I had a quite a, a hectic career throughout my career um but this was that next step up and being a ceo and, and so i think um you know they they all sort of stepped up all, all four of us really stepped up and said these are the things we're going to do pietra Zek has a few ways she models her career for her kids um, one is very much making it an inclusive part of everything we do as a family and, and they, they know about, um, you know, what's happening at work. They know about the industry. They know about things that are, it's what we talk about at the dinner table. And now, you know, being home, not traveling, we actually are having dinner table, you know, uh, every, almost every day, you know, maybe four or five times a week, which is more than we've ever done before. Um, and and uh, so one, being inclusive about it, and two, as Grace said, being very present when I am with the kids. Being visible and present with her work family is also important to Pietrzak. She says her staff has inspired her to be a better leader. I've been doing 15 to 20 person uh, video calls with people across our company. And they're from different offices, different locations globally, and, and, uh, and asking them uh, questions and hearing from them about how they're doing. Um, and I think I've, I've got, gained a lot of insights, a lot of ideas, a lot of inspiration, um, just hearing their stories. Day gets leadership inspiration from other high-level executives from outside the industry. I, I am part of a CEO forum, um, and we're a pretty tight-knit group. And what I like about that is they, are, they represent all sorts of various industries. So I'm the only automotive person in the group. Um, And I take a lot of uh, solace in that because, you know, especially we're going through COVID, everybody was going through the same things, but just the way that they had to deal uh, with it or go about it was just slightly different. Um, So, you know, the formal meetings have been very instrumental, but the bigger part of it is the relationships that I formed with those folks and the ability to pick up the phone at any given time and call any one of them and just bounce ideas off of one another. That would probably be my biggest source right now. Lisa Lunsford, CEO of logistics company GS3 Global, is part of a similar group. I do have a loose uh, group of other business owners and uh, other people who are uh, uh, VC capitalist groups or uh, 
or head those types of group of PEs. But I also um, listen to a lot of people, you know, people who are, you know, worker, worker bees who are not necessarily business owners, but uh, they're managers or they're leading other companies. Or, you know, like I said, just, just employees to find out how I could do better. You know, what is it that they're looking for in a leader and seeing how, you know, I can incorporate that or, or practice that. Meanwhile, Witherspoon likes listening to inspiration on the go. Podcasts are that, that's kind of where I've been getting a lot of inspiration, whether it's about leadership, whether it's about, you know, something specific to automotive or specific to marketing. I found that that format, you know, it's very portable. It's very mobile. Um, it's something you can do on a run. It's something, you know, if you're driving someplace, um, it's just, it's, it's, it's constantly there. And there's so many different places that you can get that inspiration. So that's kind of the medium that I've been looking to for, for, you know, leadership inspiration. Wong is inspired by observing other trailblazers. I watch what people say, I'm watching what they do, and I make notes. Even today, I heard some things, I'm like, oh, I really liked this and that um, from this person. And so for me, um, my inspiration is just from really being around other people who are leaders and watching and hearing uh, what they have to say. A quick note, on November 16, Kimberly Gardner will join Volkswagen of America as Senior Vice President of Marketing. This concludes our Leading Women podcast series. To hear our other Leading Women podcasts, visit autonews.com slash lwpodcasts. And to see the rest of our Leading Women coverage, visit autonews.com slash 100LW. The automotive industry is one of highs and lows and everything in between. Anticipating and preparing for tomorrow's complex issues can be tough. As the automotive industry continues to be challenged by a deepening talent crisis, diversity, equity, and inclusion at the workplace has never been more important. Women make up about half of the labor force, but only a quarter of the automotive workforce. For nearly a decade, Deloitte and Automotive News have been working together to shine a light on gender issues in the global automotive industry while celebrating the women that are forging a path for others to follow. This year, we conducted a survey to explore views on diversity, equity, and inclusion in the automotive industry with the intent to understand where opportunities for improvement may exist. To learn more about the key insights presented in this study, be sure to visit the Deloitte Insights Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Collection at Deloitte.com.